Hello all, and welcome to the first and possibly only podcast with me, your host, Dylan the Incredible. On this merry day, I will be discussing in a review of sorts a beloved, relatively new animated series, The Owl House. I will be categorising this to keep it simple and so uh, it's easier to understand, I guess. Uh, I'm not going to explain what happens in the show, I'm hoping everyone listening has seen it, and if you haven't, go watch it, it's awesome. So, let's get started. That was the intro, I just did it, I ju- I'm, I'm done, and I didn't have a mental breakdown doing so, so good job me for doing that. <laughs> for, let's start by um, talking about the animation and art style. Um, I'm sure this is no surprise to you if you've watched The Owl House, but the animation is just, just beautiful. Wow, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's it's really, it's, it's fantastic. The way the characters move is very fluid and crisp. Sometimes it's downright astonishing. The animation when they cast spells is very aesthetically pleasing. I love it. Uh, oh. I especially love the way they design the eyes of the characters. The shimmer and irises may seem excessive to some, but to me it adds character. Um, It's one of the reasons why I favour the Owl House over other shows like Gravity Falls or Amphibia. Not to say that I dislike either one, I loved the Owl uh, uh, Gravity Falls when I was a kid and I loved the characters in Amphibia. I just thought it was a nice change of pace to the simple dots for pupils of the eyes characters of certain other shows have. It's pretty common, why did I say certain? Uh, I feel like this new design of the eyes just kind of humanized the characters a little bit. Usually in animation, uh, especially 2D, they'll give characters like large eyes because th- you can create many storytelling features and like squash and stretch the bodies of the characters. Uh, the golden age of animation in the 1940s kind of accentuated this in the classic Looney Tunes and um, Tom and Jerry cartoons, you know, the Chuck Jones era of animation. <clears throat> I really feel that the Owl House kind of just added to that by designing the undertones of certain features of what would otherwise be ignored by other other cartoons. The love I have for the animation is kind of the same love I had for the animation in Gravity Falls, which was largely the storyboards. Uh, I think I love the storyboards in the Owl in the Owl House as much as I loved the ones in Gravity Falls and Amphibia, but. I enjoy the ca- I just enjoy the character design more, partic- uh, p- partly because um, they just appear more like people, and partly because I it's it's much younger than Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls is like um, six years. It actually might be six years to the day, depending on when this goes up. And um, it kind of makes you realise that two D animation certainly still has relevancy, even though three D tends to be more favoured in media. Um. It, it, it isn't dead, that's what I'm saying. Um, I personally like 2D animation more than 3D animation because, as I said before, you have so much more to work with. You're allowed to make the characters not look like look non-human. Like, you're allowed to be silly and just be weird with what you want to create. Now, you can mix 2D and 3D, and it can work if done correctly, e.g. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Awesome. <laughs> that was weird. 
Uh, compare the animation used in Tom and Jerry to the animation used in, like, Toy Story, you would see the drastic difference in design and especially humour. You have... You just have more creative freedom and you're less restricted with what you can make. All in all, the animation in the Owl House is very well done, charismatic, and very cute to look at. I love the animation style. Okay, let's uh, move on. Next thing I want to talk about is the soundtrack. The soundtrack of the Owl House is top tier. I adore the theme song, okay? I jam every time I hear it. Um... Oh yeah, and you, you know, combined with the amazing visuals, it's astonishing. I, I totally recommend not skipping the title sequence. You see, what I do is, I like to, um, I like to, like, nitpick certain songs I like and try to find the connotations behind them. It's, it's easy to hear what the opening theme of the Owl House uh, symbolizes. It's mystical. It's a sense of wonder. It's otherworldly. Everything that the Owl House is famous for. Furthermore, if you pay close attention to uh, the overtones of the intro, you'll notice like an, an almost angel angelic harp. Maybe that's supposed to symbolize the oddity uh, of the world the characters are in. Or maybe, uh, judging by how it's overcast, the impose of by the imposing fast-paced acoustic guitar, I I'm assuming, it, it's representing the purity of some of the characters in an otherwise dangerous environment. Uh, m maybe that maybe that is like you know the point of the whole thing, or maybe I'm just you know rambling. You'll know you can you'll kind of notice uh, a violin that plays throughout the first half and into the second half of the opening theme. Uh, I'm assuming it's representing the weirdness of the demon realm, which you know obviously I'm familiar with. I watched Gravity Falls when I was a kid. Uh, and, you know, the fright it projects, because, you know, so many times in the series our characters died from, like, you know, demons or, well, demons, what else? Oh, the Boiling Isles, yeah, you know, Acid Rain, which which is pretty cool, I've got to admit. <laughs> um, going into the second half of the theme, it seems to, like, you know, have better rhythm and much more flow to it, which, you know, I, I prefer that half, N not, like, you know, dumping on the song, I, I love the whole theme. Um, maybe, maybe I'm just weird, but I think the theme is really fitting for Halloween. Like, and once again, combined with the beautiful, fluid animation, it kind of gets you in the mood for something that's odd, weird, and whimsical, which, uh, is how I get when I watch The Owl House. Um, now that we've discussed the intro sequence, let's talk about the and the outro. Like, there's more like there's more of a personal note to this kind of or maybe I'm just maybe I'm just weird. <laughs> uh, the outro sequence is a great juxtaposition to the intro in that it's much calmer and has less activity regarding the animation. Um, I'm not saying I, I dislike it. Um, I've, I always stay and watch uh, the sequence when an episode ends. The thing is, it's not an emotional piece of music. Uh, but it is rewarding to the viewer. I've watched the end credits several times and it always makes me smile. I remember I once... Well, well not once. I do it... I, I've done it several times. I started crying on, like, the fourth watch. And... It, oh, yeah. It was after I found the lyrics to the theme. 
But what I couldn't really square at the time was why. Why did I cry after I've all after I've already seen it? Look, look, I've studied this. I've analyzed it. I've torn it apart. My conclusion to why isn't the music itself. It isn't the stunning art style. The elements of the song, I should name it, because, you know, it has lyrics, that makes me tear up is the lyrics and what I think they symbolize. I believe the lyrics to the song are supposed to symbolize the relationship between Ida and Lilith. Uh, this becomes much more relevant after you watch the final episode of season one. I think it symbolizes forgiveness. At the end of the episode, and after they resolve their differences and kind of admit each other's faults, they learn to forgive each other uh, after years of hostility towards one another. It's like how you resolve sibling rivalry. That's why we're much more comfortable fighting with family than friends, because they're the ones who are more likely to forgive us. I guess something about that just kind of stayed with me. Let's talk about the characters. Uh, end of the soundtrack tangent, let's move on to the characters. Uh, by which I mean discuss um, character development and their personalities. Let's start with the protagonist, the main character, the hero, Luce. Luce Nasida. Luce is, without a doubt, my favourite character in the entire series. She's such a delight to watch, merely because I, um, I relate to her on a moral level, mainly because she's a weirdo. <laughs> a lot of people out there, me included, uh, relate to her, her character, because, you know, it's, it's fun to be weird and be into nerdy, quirky things. Like Gravity Falls and Amphibia, the Owl House is full of very likeable, relatable characters. I like all the characters, really, but Luce... Luce speaks to me. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I love Luce's personality, but on a more personal level. I like her in how they acknowledge her mistreatment by other kids in the human realm. Uh, like, they ostracized her because one, she's a weirdo, and two, it's been confirmed that she's neurodivergent, like she may have like ADHD or something. Uh, as someone who was made fun of in high school, I completely empathize with the stress it can cause. Kids are mean, they're horrible, like they'll make fun of any just about anything. So, I agree with that, I relate to Luce. Uh, moving on, Ida. Edelyn Clawthorn, the Owl Lady. Awesome surname, by the way, Clawthorn. <laughs> the way I describe Eda is that cool aunt that everyone inevitably has. I love, I love how sassy Eda is. She really gives me be gay, do crime vibes. But beneath her rebellious, covenless uh, persona, you can tell that she she cares about her friends. Uh, in Young Blood, Old Souls. I really like the scene when Luce tries to free Ida using her magic, uh, but it's really because, because uh, it's really under the impression that Ida sees herself as a mother figure to Luce. Now, I'm not sure if the creators wanted to go for this, but I think it's a statement on adopted kids. For many adopted kids, they see their non-biological parents as their parents, and Luce sees Ida as her mother, even though she isn't, and she already has a mother. That was... that was really sweet. Like, just because you aren't related biologically doesn't mean you aren't family. That, that, that was really nice. I like that. Like, just because they... like, 
Biologically, they aren't your parents, but that doesn't mean they can't be your parents. Uh, anyone out there will probably relate to that, I'm, I'm hoping. Furthermore, let's talk about Amity, Lucy's girlfriend. Um, I really like how they redeemed her character, and if you pick up on her backstory and her family life, I don't think she was ever really a bully. Like, she was just kind of influenced by her social, her social circle and who her parents permitted her to be friends with. After she met Luce, she kind of realised her faults and worked on herself and kind of le just learned how to be a better person. I like that, when the bad guy becomes good, uh, even though I never really thought Amity was really mean. She had enough sense to know that Luce didn't have any hostility towards her after episode 7 of the, of the first season. Also, and I, and let's be honest, everyone who supports the LGBTQ community agrees that Luce and Amity are the most precious couple. After Grom, Amity sees, um, seems like more open, but with her attraction to Luce, and it's always so cute to watch. I, and I literally cannot stop smiling in that scene when Luce asks Amity to be her girlfriend. They're just, oh, they're just so sweet. Everyone who likes the Owl House will agree that Luce and Amity are the cutest couple and I love them and they need to be protected at all costs. I, I, I actually gasped in surprise in the episode where Amity kissed Luce. Like, <gasps> And I put my hands on my cheeks and just like smiled for the rest of for the rest of the scene because that was, oh, that was the sweetest thing. I I I love them so much. Sorry, I went onto a whole tangent. I just I just adore them. They're so, they're, they're so sweet. I love them. Oh yeah. After that tangent, let's uh let's let's kind of like think over Emperor Be em Emperor 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 Bellos. Like we're not gonna. I'm not gonna go too detailed here. Like I just, I just think he's a cool villain. Re he really gives me Loki vibes. Um, he's he's actually a great juxtaposition to Bill Cipher. Bill is very boisterous and kind of childish, while Emperor Bellos is eerily calm and collected. Uh, I just wanted to say that I think he's a cool villain. Uh, one more character who I really want to dis discuss and like. But not as not as explicitly as the others. But I, I I feel like it's kind of important to give a statement on it. Is Gus Gus? Is his name is his forename Parker or am I mixing that with Willow? I'm not sure. But his name's Gus Augustus. Uh, almost every character in the Owl House is a witch, and witches are usually like you know female oriented. Now, I don't know if the creators intended it to come off like this, but it's like. They made Gus a feminine character by making him a male witch, something that is usually female-affiliated. There's, there's nothing wrong with a feminine guy, of course. I'm quite a feminine guy. Uh, so, maybe they're trying to promote, like, the message for of... It isn't weird for males to partake in female-based activities. That's... If that's what they're going for, that's cool. I agree with that. In conclusion... I adore the show. It's campy and self-aware and so charming in its design. The thing is, you see, I have this thing where I can't watch every single episode of a show I enjoy because after a while I'll grow bored of it and 
I don't want to fall out of love with the Owl House. So knowing that there's episodes that I still haven't watched is like some weird comfort to me. I see myself in the characters. As a teenager who is um, questioning of his sexuality and seeing that put into perspective through phenomenal animation and adorable characters, this series kind of represents that reality to me. It's an accurate portrayal of a same-sex couple in a kid's show. You know what the creators are going for. You can tell that they genuinely care about having homosexuality or bisexuality portrayed in a positive light, and the fact that kids will watch it and enjoy it gives you hope that they'll have a less close-minded mindset towards it and be more accepting of other sexualities. And I actually think it's better that it's animated because, you know, it appeals way more to that younger crowd. Something about that just kind of struck me, and their thoughtfulness just made me tear up. It's an important message, and it's beautifully stated in the show. Anyway, um, I, this is um, probably all I have to talk about. Um, thank you all for listening to my monologue of sorts on the Owl House. I just kind of wanted to talk about it because it's something I really enjoy and I know others will enjoy it. But thank you all and I will see you... I don't know when because this is probably the only time I'm ever gonna do this, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Goodbye all and... Ha why do I keep saying all? What, what, what am I? Why do I keep saying that? Uh, just, just goodbye 